0: This is The WayCast is a podcast where we recap every Star Wars episode as they are released on Disney+. Plus. This is your spoiler alert, and you have been warned. So, Gar Shinies, welcome to another episode of This is The WayCast, The Bad Batch Edition. I'm Sarah Edwards, the resident Star Wars writer at Boardwalk Times.
1: And I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times.
0: This week, we will be breaking down Season 1, Episode 5 of Disney Plus's The Bad Batch called Rampage, where the Bad Batch meets up with an old Republican formant, and they go around trying to scrounge up some credits to save up some money. Now, this was a very interesting mission. The episode was different than what we've been seeing, but it was very similar to last week's.
1: Yeah, this was pretty much... Uh, these past episodes felt like very fast paced episodes of rebels that that seems to be some sort of trend i guess for this show going forward they're doing that very we discussed it uh, earlier on this show like that very avatar the last air vendor style where it's these sort of side quest episodes that have nuggets of the main story in them so like crosshair is missing from this episode completely so my assumption is his scenes are going to be the more crucial ones for like the end like finale plot. But then we have the Fennec Shand stuff, which is new. And I feel like that's gonna be the thread that they're pulling on while they're doing all these little side quests. And these these little side stories feed into the greater Star Wars universe, which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, they're definitely building up crosshair for some kind of big reveal. Like, I guess we're not gonna see him for a while. I kinda hope we see him in next episode, but they're 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 leading up to something. So I have a feeling that when we do see him again, like maybe him and his squad are going to be an actual team, but like not as fun as the Bad Batch. It'll be the Empire version.
1: Yeah, Crosshair is definitely looking to be an antagonist of sorts without actually directly interfering in what the Bad Batch is doing. We saw in this episode, and I'm pretty sure last episode kind of feels the same, but because Fennec is going to be a larger threat, it's not as... Quick as these, you know, slavers, which we haven't seen since Clone Wars. Just fun little connection. And they say, Oh, we're trying to rebuild our our thing. And obviously that's not gonna happen. And the Bad Batch messed it up without even realizing it. Echo doesn't seem to like them very much either from the get-go. And the Bad Batch doesn't really understand that. Like tech is all like, Oh, yeah, we're gonna get paid and and stuff. And Echo's like okay like he doesn't care he's like the moral implications are more important
0: yes absolutely and we're gonna go more into the episode and about the zagirians when we come right back And we're back, so now we're just going to go a little bit deeper into the episode. I was really surprised that they brought in Jabba and the Rancor, so now we know what the name of Jabba's Rancor is, Moochie, and that it's a girl.
1: And that it was friendly before, you know, going to Java. It's like, dang, they're really trying to make everything either, like nice at first before it was corrupted or just have some sort of connection to the greater star wars universe because yeah moochie is definitely not as bad as as we see when she fights our boy luke
0: yeah absolutely and we definitely know that like if the bad batch does die before they make it to mandalorian era that they obviously weren't killed by moochie because they kind of became her bffs I loved the fight scene between her and Wrecker. You know, they're both fighting. They're like, we're going to fight for the alpha position. And then at the end, they're like, okay, I'm getting tired. Like, uh, let's just call it truce. That was funny. I don't think we've really seen that in Star Wars
1: era before. And it makes sense. I mean, it's like alpha or whatever. What was funny about that is this episode did something really cool. Um, I think it did it better than the last one where each main character got something to do in some way Uh, like Omega obviously gets her big thing but then you have Wrecker fighting the Rancor Um, you have Hunter fighting the other guy with his knife
0: one thing I've noticed is Hunter is not the focus of this show as much anymore. In the beginning episodes, you know, we focused a lot on his mindset, his choices, the way he thought. And now he like we're kind of straying away from that. Like in the last episode, the only role he really had was making sure that he got Omega back safely and going to get money. One thing I've noticed is Hunter is not the focus of this show as much anymore. In the beginning episodes, you know, we focused a lot on his mindset, his choices, the way he thought, and now, he like, we're kind of straying away from that. Like, in the last episode, the only role he really had was making sure that he got Omega back safely and going to get money, and we kind of got the same thing here, where it's just get the mission done, make the money. He's not really we're not really as focused on him as we are everyone else now.
1: Yeah, it feels like the larger group has taken, you know, center stage. And I feel like he is gonna be more important when they go against Crosshair. I feel like a lot of the main characterization that we saw in the earlier episodes is gonna be more present, obviously later. And we keep trying to predict when that's gonna happen or like predict when like, for example, Rex is gonna come in and I feel like it's like, oh, futile, cause <laughs> you can't guess. It's just gonna happen, I guess. For now, all all he wants is Fennec. He wants to know why they're being hunted, or specifically Omega. But he doesn't mention that to Sid, which we got to talk about. Sid.
0: Sid just kind of reminded me of like old Lady Leia, like the same kind of humor, same kind of attitude. Like every time Sid said something, I was like, "That's just that's just different species, Leia."
1: I hadn't even considered that. Oh my. I just thought, you know, she's like sick of everyone's, you know, crap. She's like, eh, like, like, oh, with Bib Fortuna, she's not even phased that he's trying to threaten her. Which, oh yeah, yeah, Bip Fortuna's in this episode, recognized his voice immediately which is like his
0: voice and just the way that like the way they were hiding him like the second they showed his mouth i saw his lecoo and i was like oh we know who this is and then when they said rancor i was like where have i heard rancor oh and i was like this fits exactly
1: as soon as uh the rancor shows up right it's kind of spoiled in the disney plus thumbnail i wish they hadn't done that i was like Oh, so this is the Rancor. Okay, that's funny. They don't even realize how (laughs) important this is. It's like, you know, the domino effects of this show and other Star Wars animated shows.
0: It's kind of funny how the Bad Batch fight a Rancor, and then they're fighting the future woman of who will be the right-hand man of the new crime lord of Tatooine, Boba Fett, which I'm actually really psyched for. Speaking of Fennec, I was kind of hoping that, like, we would have gotten a little bit more revealed about her other than her name. But so far from everything that Sid said, my theory still holds true that she's working for the Kaminoans, not for the Empire. Definitely.
1: She said something about her being paid, like, on commission or something. And I was like, yeah, that sounds more professional than like normal payment. So it does sound like she's after them because of the Kaminoans and there's a larger conspiracy at hand. Because she would, she would have just said, oh, she's hired by X Group or whatever. But she says the guild doesn't know. It's also <laughs> funny her interactions with Omega were pretty fun because she. She says, oh, Omega is clearly the smartest one and blah, blah, blah. And then Omega and Wrecker, you know, (laughs) high five or low five, which is funny.
0: That was so funny. Omega
1: getting her little com link was was nice. She uses it like in a funny way when she finds out who Sid is and keeps that energy up.
0: He has a point. This is Sid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that stuff was was really funny. They're going to keep mentioning crosshair though with his equipment because she's using his Calm link.
0: he's essentially his replacement
1: it's sad but Which yes. is really sad.
0: yeah but one thing i've just kind of noticed is how like wrecker's the only one who's really admitted that he misses crosshair he said that in the last episode it kind of just seems like the rest of the bad batch is doing what they do best and that's like mask their pain so, you know, yeah, their brother's not with them. So they're kind of just like, if we just ignore it and don't talk about it and just avoid it, we will be fine. So it kind of seems like that's, you know, they picked Crosshair's comlink to give to Omega. Like, well, at least Omega will have it. And, oh, his weapon kit. Well, we'll just we'll just keep that stuff to the back of the ship. We don't have to talk about it.
1: Speaking of weapons, she gets her bow and arrow from the trailer, finally. As soon as I saw them using it, the other guy was like, oh, she's she going to get it from here? And she does just happens to pick it up and he's like what's this so we didn't get to see her use it yet though she probably didn't know what it does but that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool they're making her like a. oh wait that's kind of a that's kind of now that i'm thinking about it's it, kind of a new age thing though like the the bow and arrow girl we had katniss ever everdeen and then uh <laughs> a freaking aloy in the horizon games it's like yeah everyone everyone's got to use a bow and arrow these days for some reason
0: this is the bow and arrow girl of star wars yes, like it... every franchise will have one and omega is the bow and arrow girl of star wars yes,
1: yes she <laughs> is. that's why oh man that's why it was cool that she gets to do her own thing this episode she's very clever obviously she has no combat experience so getting that rancor cage open was definitely a smart thing to do and it caused enough trouble to save everyone of course wrecker was ready to escape at in a moment's notice dude was like all right let's get out of here and just Rex, his uh his uh you know chain or whatever that, that was fun
0: yeah him and omega definitely vibe together like you know they're the kids of the group wrecker just happens to be in the body of like a mid-20 year old um and i definitely get the sense that like echo is just the uncle hunter's the older brother and tech is just tech
1: (laughs) yeah yeah tech oh my god even he's like i cannot calculate there's no data based on our situation because they don't have any missions getting captured like this or you know trying to rescue uh, slaves and it's a complete surprise to them yeah and the mission the mission even though it goes wrong it's funny how calm they are it's like oh we're gonna get out of this and when we do we're gonna destroy you or whatever (laughs) so of course they beat them up
0: Like in the Clone Wars, when Obi-Wan and Rex were taken as slaves, they were like, ah, well, oh, this isn't good. And then the Bad Batch is like, oh, we'll get out of this in a little bit. We'll, we'll be fine. Like the, the difference in situations is.
1: Yeah, they're braver than Jedi. Apparently it's like, they're like, oh yeah, this is a, whatever we've dealt with worse before. Like, uh, it's another mission for us.
0: Yeah, exactly. I wanted to go into Omega a little bit more because I think something in the beginning is kind of hinting that either she's force sensitive or she's getting she's picking up like Hunter's tracking skills because when she was discovering Sid you know Sid at first is like I don't know who that is like get out and Omega's like "Mm, I don't think so I don't know if that was necessarily any sign of her using the force or she's just really good at fine signaling bs but that scene just kind of made me think they might be going in the direction that omega is force sensitive which i'm like
1: "Mm," but what do you think yeah that's what everyone's been saying all along and i still even though they haven't done anything blatant i think the tiny things will add up eventually and they'll figure it out now that you mentioned specifically hunter's tracking ability it makes me think they could go the angle of saying that even though she hasn't shown it yet, she could be a mix of all of them. And that's what makes her special. If she has a little bit of each of their abilities, like the ultimate ace up their sleeve, I guess. That would be Use interesting. the Avatar of the Bad Batch. Oh my God, <laughs> exactly. The Avatar of the Bad Batch. Master of all five <laughs> abilities. Be interesting, because then they can not make her Force-sensitive, because it's the only other thing I can think of that would make her extra special compared to everyone else. But... If she's force sensitive, everyone saw it coming.
0: I mean, we've said this on the show before. We don't really want her to be force sensitive just because we feel like it's gonna take away the true effect. I truly would love it if she has a little bit of all of their abilities. And I could see it too. Like just because I love Rex, I could almost see it as where like Rex was the first defect, and then he, you know, just ignored on all of those. Abilities he had and so that he could be considered a reg and not a defect. And so Omega is kind of like the next one in line if that makes sense I, I'm only going by the fact that they both have blonde hair
1: or if she's a sheath clone dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's, what everyone, that's what everyone been saying, uh, you know, you never know, right, but yeah, be pretty funny
0: <laughs> I've even seen some theories where like Omega could be part of the dark side I saw a few theories like that, where either she's an enemy against them or she's gonna cause them to get um, captured. Like I saw a few crazy theories where it's like Omega might be acting so innocent now, but she has some secret plan. And I'm like, are you guys watching the show? I'm, I'm really curious to see where people are getting this idea.
1: I don't know everyone wants everything to be edgy for some reason so oh why didn't rey go to the dark side why didn't omega <laughs> go to the dark side when is when is grogu going to the dark side <laughs> <laughs> like we already have our edge lords. they're called the skywalkers like <laughs> yep yeah they're the ones who turn like everyone else is like ah yes yeah, you know and we we have we've seen you know like the the inquisitors are really that like Oh, if she was turned into an Inquisitor, that would just be tragic. But that'd be
0: so sad.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't see that coming for her. I, I foresee a much sadder fate for the rest of the bad. Batch.
0: I mean, like the only fate I can think of them is that they, they are killed or they have to die somehow. Like that it's so sad that I think that way, but like Dave Filoni likes to break our little hearts. So the only way I can see the Bad Batch coming out of this show is dead or sacrificed which is like basically the same thing
1: but they may or may not retire we've talked about it before but
0: mm.
1: who knows that, that that pretty much is the the gist of this series so far is what is the future because like yeah. right now you we still can't guess like even after this episode it's like oh she got her bow and arrow thing but she's not using it till the next episode and then the planets they go to are revealed to us in the next steps like it all feels very much like a surprise of the week type thing which is why i'm i'm, I'm still enjoying the series quite a bit oh yeah it's me just too. it's definitely not like it's not some long-running clone wars arc where they're on like one planet or like it's some big event it feels like that's it's like avatar I've said it a million times it's gonna keep going that way it's very star wars rebelsy
0: also kind of mandalorian style too because mando is the same way where it's like Instead of spending like three episodes on one planet, we're spending one episode on a planet and we're spacing out the mission across several episodes still. But like
1: the episode ends
0: perfectly, like there's still a tiny bit of
1: cliffhanger, but not to where
0: it's like, oh my god, what happens next?
1: <laughs> You're exactly right. I was going to mention that earlier. This show shares so much in common with The Mandalorian, but more in its structure than anything. I mean. The Mandalorian feels slightly different because of its length. It is just a bit longer. And obviously, it's live action. So it's like crazy when stuff happens. Like, for example, you see Mandalorian doing all this crazy choreography. And you know that someone had to do that in real life. Yeah. Whereas with this, they go crazy. And they can do all this crazy stuff in animation. That's like, oh, man. Because the Republic is over and they're starting with the Empire. It feels like they don't have like a cannon fodder enemy to shoot at. So every single episode so far has been like a, like a threat that they near you know nearly escape type deal, which I think is yeah. cool because you can't just like go around killing your own men or like there's no more battle droids so. It's interesting. Also, the Sid character comes out of nowhere because I don't think she was, she was in, she wasn't in Clone Wars and Echo's like, oh yeah, she was a contact for the Jedi in the Underworld. You can tell why. She's, like we said, she's very like, eh, I'm, yeah. I'm brave. Like, I don't really care.
0: You wouldn't about... suspect her to be an informant. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So it's pretty interesting that he would remember her, or like any of them really. But he also has a big database up in his head. So, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I also like how tech, in a way, got a taste of his own medicine, because, you know, they're trying to find Sid, and they're all like, Echo, why didn't you tell us? Or, like, that would have been good to know. And in a way, it's like, um, excuse me, Tech, you're the one who's always just like, oh, I assume that it was common knowledge, or oh, I thought it was obvious. So it's kind of like, don't be trashing on Echo when you do the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, Tech tech being a know-it-all is going to be the thing of the series, and Echo being like, okay, like... (laughs) i just want to grill like he's, he's, he's i'm an x-ray guy i don't need this
0: it just still feeds into that where it's like it just reminds echo of when he was with fives except echo is now fives and tech is how echo used to be because looking back on some of the story arcs it's like when you watch fives and echo it's like no this is literally echo and tech for the future also speaking of clones Wrecker still has his headache. That wasn't, that didn't really show up in the last episode, but in this episode it's back. And I'm wondering if maybe he damaged it and maybe, my theory is that like, he either is not gonna be controlled by the inhibitor chip like the Camino, or like the Empire thinks he will be, or I don't know. I, I have a feeling either he destroyed it in his head When he hit his head or maybe it's just gonna be defective
1: yeah i'm i'm thinking he's gonna be the one they test tech tech's little thingy on because it does feel like it's gonna either activate or like he's gonna start freaking out and they're like what's going on and then tech's like well i've calculated so (laughs) you know and you've already mentioned that it's on the exact part of his head so they should know by now
0: it's the exact location where the other chips have been like where tups was where fives was it's just there the fact that they brought it up again almost two episodes after the first time shows that i mean we really got to pay attention to wrecker's actions
1: it also helps that omega worked in the lab so she probably knows exactly where it is
0: it makes me wonder if she has one too though
1: that's right i didn't even consider that well I would like to say that no, she's probably like Boba Fett, or because she's like different, they just you know didn't give her one or something. Because Boba hasn't ever been said to have one at all, and since he's like kept as a little kid or whatever for for Django, yeah, I wouldn't think he'd have one. But it's it's interesting because if she's weird like the rest of the batch, she probably has like a defective one or who knows but now that you bring it up I never considered that so
0: I never thought about Boba either just because he was always regarded as different from the other clones but like I wonder if he does he doesn't really work with Jedi anymore I mean he escaped jail so and he tried get it killing Mace Windu so in a way he was already executing his own order 66 but I'm curious about Boba now. Like, did Jango Fett have
1: Boba's chip removed? Because Jango probably knew about these chips. Even if he didn't, I remember the the main line when they talk about Boba for the first time is that he's an unaltered uh, clone. Like, he doesn't have the age thing or whatever, if I remember that correctly. Something about him being different. It was uh, when when they're talking to Obi-Wan for the first time. Curiously, Jango wanted ex-clone for you know to keep as his own like his son
0: interesting because when you think about it in Mandalorian when Boba does show up I mean he's significantly older than Luke oh yeah when technically he should only be like maybe 10 years at most 10 years at most older than Luke so that's where I'm curious if maybe he has been aged and at the last minute Jenga was like oh I want a son oh I've been talking to this clone kid a lot i'll take him as my son
1: that would be an interesting backstory he's like oh this one
0: (laughs) it feeds into like what we could see in book of boba fett like i really want to see more django being a dad i watched episode two a few weeks ago i wasn't exactly paying as much attention as i should have but i was like we never really get to see django truly being a dad and when you think when you watch episode two it's kind of like oh he you know he just wanted a son and someone to teach the ways of the mandalorian creed to like
1: he he, he, i guess he just uh knew he was he was too much of a big boss in the galaxy to down anywhere so he's like hey you're coming with me on my adventures
0: yeah it makes me think of a comic strip i found and i put it on tiktok but it's basically like django has come home from capturing a bunch of bounty and killing a bunch of bad guys and he comes home and he just runs and grabs boba and the giant this giant bear hug and it's like stop with my emotions oh my gosh
1: yeah that's basically omega for the bad batch. yeah and they're and they're all also adopted you know father's early oh
0: yeah (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of this is the way cast the bad batch edition for more star wars content head over to boardwalktimes.net and follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at boardwalktimes brett benji shinies This is The Waycast is a Boardwalk Times production produced and edited by me and Giovanni Delgadillo and music by Kevin McLeod.